strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know, Wolf, if you really think about it, it's truly amazing that here we are, 11 days or so after the Super Bowl, otherwise known as the dead zone on the NFL calendar, especially without a combine, right? Yeah, Paulie, it is a little rough. But, Wolf, earlier today, did we not have a touchdown? A touchdown with clapping and cheering and a standing ovation as Mars Rover Perseverance (laughs) makes a successful landing on the red planet i mean is there a better intro here for the big red rage brought to you by santan ford and gilbert than to have perseverance uh and i believe the exact words from mission control were touchdown confirmed so <laughs> you know so what we'll, Molly, you're all over this thing right now right i mean this let me is, tell you yes. this has potential for you and dave pash does it not i mean as if i have to do everything around here already <laughs> you guys this is your new uh touchdown call it's now dave pash can yell out touchdown confirmed yes okay you know what honestly i don't know if we want pash being involved in what's going on on mars at all you know the pash factor is real Polly. i don't know if we really oh. want to go down yeah. that road well, he, he deals with Mars pretty much every college basketball broadcast when he's with Bill Walton. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> the, the craziness there. Uh, Dave gets that on a regular basis. But seriously, I mean, how about that? How about the saying on, this, on the wall in Mission Control? Did you see what the saying in big block letters? They what? have it up there Paul, on the wall? No, I did not. I, I'm okay. sorry. I missed this. You know what the nap does to me, Paul. Okay. These are words to live by. As, as the motto on the wall says, dare mighty things. Okay, I like okay. it. Dare mighty things, Bobby. Right? I mean, you know, why not adopt that? Why not adopt that as the marketing motto? 2021 for your Arizona Cardinals, Ron Wolfley. You know what, Dare Paulie? mighty things. I love it, Paul. I love where you're going on this thing right here. Dare mighty things. Uh, the mighty Kyler Murray, of course, first of all. There that, you go. that plays into it. I like that. Has he trademarked that, by the way? Has he done that, Paulie? Do you know if he's trademarked that yet? I, the mighty As, Kyler I, Murray right there. I think uh, Pash might have gotten an invoice. You better ask him. <laughs> okay, so dare mighty things. Is that what you just said, Paul? right there yes. dare mighty things that's what i said every time i covered a kickoff paul that's exactly <laughs> I see. dare mighty things I see. because look everybody it's a 325 pound man standing in a wedge so you actually i mean wolf for the first time ever you have something in common with those pocket protector geniuses over at caltech in pasadena you know the whole dare mighty <laughs> things you guys live by the same motto apparently you know these are the guys getting the perfect score on their so SATs. What, so paulie you're saying they're sticking the landing in mars and i was sticking the sternum with my face mask is that yeah, what you're yeah. saying well 
Not exactly. I guess what I'm saying is while they're looking for signs of life on Mars as we speak right now, you know what? I mean, how tough can it be to find find a couple of corners, find an edge rusher? You know, can you find some interior alignment, you know, a number two wide receiver? Okay, this is our mission here in the offseason if you're part of this Arizona Cardinals you know, project that's going to take flight. I, I don't know about you, Polly, but I think this first beautiful part of the program right here is off the rails. <laughs> because for me, there it is. They're trying to find life on Mars, and I was trying to damage life as severely as I possibly could. No. Let the record reflect that Jim Omohundro <laughs> played the music on you while you were talking, not me. Okay. <laughs> what I just brought was captivating. Are that you kidding was, me? No, Polly. I mean, it was. It certainly was poignant. Uh, it was relevant as well. Right. I just hadn't seen any of it. Okay. Well, things will get substantive and will get extremely real when we bring on <laughs> Kyle Odegaard momentarily. We're going to get into what Michael Bidwell told you and Doug today. Oh, let me get this straight. You guys had two interview segments earlier today. Yeah, that's right, Polly. We did actually had two. A lot of topics discussed with the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, Michael Bidwell. There you go. The direction of the Arizona Cardinals hanging in the balance. That's next in the Big Red Rage. The clock hits triple zeros. The Arizona Cardinals season is over. They lose the play-in game. 18 to 7 to the Rams. The Cardinal season is over. You know, it's execution, I think, in consistency. And, you know, especially around penalties, the attention to detail and penalties really hurt us. And I think we've got to eliminate those penalties, especially the senseless ones, and get back to great football. And that's all within our control. Yeah. When you lead the NFL in penalties, Guess what? That's not a surprise when the owner, Michael Bidwell, when asked during the Doug and Wolf show today, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports, where do you want to see improvement this coming season that you would start with something that is most definitely within your control, and that's the flags, the penalties that were so costly all season long. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And Wolf, that was just one of many answers. We'll get into a lot of different aspects. We'll name names. We'll talk about the cap. Kyle Odegaard is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. But in terms of where he is setting the bar and his expectations for the upcoming season, uh, he was pretty straightforward. And he wants to go where he thought the team was going this year, and that's the postseason. Yeah, Polly. Uh, I think we all actually thought that this roster going into the season was playoff worthy, and I give Steve Kime and his staff an awful lot of credit for that because I do believe this team should have gone to the playoffs last year. That was my expectation, and then when you've got two weeks, the final two weeks of the season, you just got to win basically one of those games right there. To me, when you're taking on a third-string quarterback and a quarterback in the last game of the season that had not thrown a pass in the National Football League, that to me, man, those those are red-light games. You've got to win those games, Paulie. And the fact that they lost both of those games, such a massive disappointment on the season. But I do believe the talent is there to be a playoff team. They were a playoff team the first half of the season. It's It was almost two seasons in one. It was yeah. the 6-3 and three start with the high-flying offense, and then it was the 2-5 and five finish where there were so many costly errors. 
there was at times a lack of urgency and intensity, and that's not us. That's the head coach. Even that's Kyla Murray here in the offseason saying you didn't know which team you would get week to week. And then the team you got in week 16, to your point, looked more like a preseason game and against the Niners going against the third-string quarterback, a third-string running back that nearly ran for almost 200 yards in that game. And, yeah. And then, of course, we know how it all finished. So, you know, you saw it over the first half of the year. I, the big question, at least to me, is why didn't you see it in the second half of the year, and how do you diagnose that exactly? You know what, Paulie? I don't know. I think that is a question that these professional coaches are sitting around the big rectangle talking about right now. How are we going to fix the problem? What was the problem? You have to be able to identify that problem first before you can actually fix it, and for me, Polly, honestly, I, this is just me. This is my observation, period. This is a team's got to get more physical. And the way you get more physical is you bring in more dogs, period. I, we were talking to Herm uh, Edwards, as a matter of fact, right, from ASU. We were talking to him, and he was talking about the fact that you need those guys to come in and set the tone for everybody else. You need three or four guys on the offensive side of the ball, three or four guys on the defensive side of the ball that bring that intensity and that expectation and the accountability that you're going to go out there and you're going to smash somebody. You're going to bash them. You're going to go out there and you're going to be more physical. Players keep players accountable. Never, ever forget that. You can have a coach, Polly, up there. First of all, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick never talked about being physical. Never talked about uh, being physical at all. Never said, uh, never, Paul, never said that. You know why? He didn't have to. And he knew he didn't have to because he was bringing in players that he knew were physical. Mm. Uh, This is just me. It's my belief. I I think the Arizona Cardinals have all the talent you could possibly need. They've got the guys. They've got the talent to be a playoff team. Now they need some dogs. Now they need some guys that are going to be really physical on the line of scrimmage. That's just my opinion, Paul. Well, look at the last game we saw in the NFL, the Super Bowl. Would you say Tampa, despite having all the name recognition, the Tom Brady's and Gronk had a couple of touchdown catches and even Antonio Brown, for all the star power that was out there, would you say the key to that game was that Tampa was more physical on both sides of the line? There's no doubt about it, Paulie. I mean, we'd all agree on that right there. They, The Kansas City Chiefs, to me, did not take advantage of the fact that they had two edge rushers out there and Shaq Barrett, of course, and Jason Pierre-Paul that really were just up the field rushers for the most part, and they had two tackles that were backup tackles starting in the Super Bowl. To me, line up and hammer the ball, run the ball, and when the Chiefs did, they had success. Clyde Edwards-Alaire averaged over six yards per carry. He had success running the ball, and I thought that was just a massive mistake. We've talked about that as well, but there's no doubt about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won Super Bowl 55 because they won the line of scrimmage. Well, when Michael Bidwell was asked during the Doug and Wolf show today if it's playoffs or bust for the other two decision makers in that trio, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim, uh, he said it was about improvement was the word he used repeatedly. Didn't actually want to make a playoff proclamation, but out of improvement. And yes. Obviously, that is the next step for this team is the postseason. How do you get there? We'll cover that next. Kyle Odegaard, Cardinals insider next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. 
Young back to throw, looking for Diggs. Instead steps up, throws deep middle, picked off. Peterson got that one. He's at his 40-yard line, running far side of the 45 and down there. Pat P got Allen that time. It's going to be a difficult offseason uh, for upstairs management, and it's going to be it's going to come down to guys making some tough decisions. So you got a lot of key guys that's, that's going to be free agents, but you also got teams that's not going to be able to spend the money like they have. It's 28 future free agents for the Arizona Cardinals at least going into the offseason that's Patrick Peterson here the interception against Buffalo one of three this season but you also heard him talking about the reality that both sides are facing Ron Wolfley it is the big red rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert we are Santan Ford think about it total attendance last year because of the pandemic total attendance throughout the league the entire season 1.2 million do you know what attendance was in 2019 during a normal season? I do not, Polly. 17 million. Okay. <laughs> so from 17 million fans being able to attend, total figure to 1.2 million. In other words, guess what? There was a massive revenue hit, and that's going to be reflected in the salary cap figure. And we got news on that today. And because our hashtag, Ron Wolfley, is no math around here, at least yours truly, we bring on Kyle Odegaard. Because when it comes to any of the numbers, we bring in Kyle, Cardinals insider. We say good evening to Kyle, and, and we ask him to break it down. And, Kyle, what was the headline today when it comes to this salary cap? Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I'm, I'm always ready to talk some math. Uh, the, the salary <laughs> floor is moving up to $180 million. And before, the, the bottom it could have been was 175. So we know that it'll be at least 180. Michael Bidwell uh, talked Arizona sports and said he doesn't think it's going to go much higher than that. So my guess, guess, my best guess would maybe be 180 to 185, somewhere in there. But either way, it's a lot lower than projected before COVID came because we were talking about maybe $210 million cap. So, you know, $20, $25 million difference, that's a pretty big deal. Kyle, that is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. What do you think it's going to do? Just big picture overall heading into free agency. What do you think it's going to do to free agents and the free agent period? Yeah, and the way we looked at it with the superstars during the season, they still got their big money deals. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Abuda Baker, these guys still got paid. So I think your elite Pro Bowl players are still going to get a nice contract. But those second-tier guys, I'm worried that the free agency is going to be a big bust for them because teams just can't pay that 8 to $12 million range. I think those guys are going to get hurt hardest where you're a solid veteran in the NFL. You've proven your worth. You think you should get a solid deal because you're a starter, but I just don't think there's going to be enough money going around to pay a lot of those guys. So I think there's going to be that first wave of free agency that we see every year and every other year has come the second and third wave we might not get that for a while it might be you know a week until these guys realize hey i'm not going to get the deal i want and maybe there's a lot of one-year deals guys saying all right i'll bite the bullet this season and then hopefully i can cash in next year speaking of if you go to azcardinals.com you can see a little bit of a breakdown and what chase edmonds tweeted out this week cardinals running back and i'll just quote loosely he said there's going to be a lot of really good players taking one-year rentals mm-hmm. free agency is going to be wild and he threw out the term super teams in the nfl and nba 
type development that we've seen over recent years. Uh, Kyle, is, is that realistic? And because guys might be looking to 2022 and beyond to really cash in, how much more apt are they to take that one-year rental, as Chase Edmonds calls it? Yeah, I think the one-year deal is going to be a big part of it. And you look at a guy like J.J. Watt, who's made a ton of money, and maybe he goes somewhere, and that's where the super team idea comes into play. But I personally feel like for the vast majority of free agents, they're just going to take the best contract that's on the table. NBA is a little bit different where these guys have the guaranteed money, these long-term contracts. They can kind of pick and choose and team up together. But in the NFL, as you guys know, you can't just have three guys and all of a sudden have a contender. You need a full team. And I think without a lot of guaranteed salaries with lower money this year, I feel like these guys are going to find the best deal that they can and then grab that no matter if it's on a team that just won the Super Bowl or made the Super Bowl or it's a team that's rebuilding. So, Kyle, it doesn't sound like you believe there's going to be a bottleneck at the end of free agency, that there's a bunch of people, a bunch of guys, players that are holding out to the very end, hoping to get, oh, I don't know, an extra million <laughs> thrown in at the end. You you don't think there's going to be a bottleneck. You think P uh, players are going to go ahead and grab the best offer immediately and go with it. I think, we, like we heard from Patrick Peterson coming into the segment, the players realize what's going on. They know that the the salary cap is lower. The, all the teams don't have as much money as they did in past seasons. So I do feel like they're going to shoot for the moon originally, and everybody wants this lucrative contract. But I think reality will set in after that first wave, and these guys are going to realize that the money is drying up quickly, and I'm just going to have to take a deal because the longer you wait, that means – other guys are signing, and there's even less money in the coffers. So I do feel like guys will sign pretty early still in March and, and then April, but I don't think there's going to be as many waiting because they realize it might not be smart to wait this year. There just isn't enough money to go around. Well, the league year starts March 17th, and Michael Bidwell, team owner, was asked on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports this morning by Doug and Wolf about just negotiations and expectations. Here's Michael Bidwell. We've got to cram a lot more salary into that salary cap. So it's going to be difficult, you know, I think for every team to manage all these things. And and we hope our veteran players work with us on that because the salary cap for the first time ever will be going down. And that brings us back to Patrick Peterson, for example, right, Wolf? So, I mean, here's a guy who's used to making eight figures. That doesn't seem realistic, either because of this year or the point in his career. Uh, what's the market going to be? How long are guys willing to wait? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot hanging in the balance here, and timing seems to seems to be everything right now. Kyle, what do you think about what Paul just said in regard to Pat P? What do you think the odds are that he comes back as an Arizona Cardinal? Yeah, I think it's definitely kind of wait to see what happens. I don't have a great feeling either way. I mean, on the one hand, Patrick Peterson probably isn't the same perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl-type player that he was in his prime. But on the other hand, if the Cardinals let him go, what are they doing with their number one cornerback spot? And that's a big question. And even though Patrick Peterson might not be completely elite anymore, he's still a solid cornerback, and you need those guys on defense So I think a lot of it comes down to what his expectation is, what the Cardinals are willing to pay. I think if they're in the same ballpark, it seems like both sides want to work it out. But Patrick Peterson might also feel like, hey, I'm a free agent for the first time. I really want to see what's out there. And if he does that, the Cardinals can't just wait around and and see what happens. They need to make some moves too because 
They don't have uh, the, their number one cornerback, and Drake Kirkpatrick is a free agent too. Their number two cornerback, so they're going to have to be decisive as well in making decisions. So I think Patrick Peterson is definitely the most intriguing free agent among the Cardinals to me because I really have no idea what's going to happen. And Wolf, didn't Michael Bidwell say that they've had a quote number of conversations? Oh yeah. So yep. what does that tell you? Doesn't that tell you? I mean, we know Pat P wants to stay. He said as much after the season. It seems like the feeling is mutual if they can agree on a number. Yeah, exactly, Paulie. I don't know what the market is going to be like for Pat P. I really don't know what that's going to look like. And because of that, I have no idea what somebody might offer. My my natural inclination is to say there's going to be a team that's going to come in hard on Pat P, of course. And they're going to make an offer because they know this guy's still an above-average corner. And maybe he's going to rebound like many corners have into their mid-30s. Maybe he's going to rebound. So maybe you're going to go ahead and give him a bigger deal not a huge deal but a bigger deal and that at the same time as soon as i say that paul i i just don't expect that to be the case i I still you know what that scenario to me plays out is more likely to play out with hassan reddick I fear that with hassan reddick at 26 years of age someone coming in with olivier vernon money and there yes. are a few teams, Kyle. I mean, for example, today's trade, right? I mean, Philly's going to absorb $39 million in dead money on their cap this year because they have enough room under their cap. Indy had enough room under their cap to take Carson Wentz's contract, which kicks in effective this season, four years, 128. So there are teams with cap room that will target a few premier free agents. Yeah, there's definitely a handful of teams that do have a lot of cap room because you can roll it over in the NFL and – some teams have been below that threshold for a couple seasons. So even though the cap came down, they're, they have comfortable amount of margin. Hassan Reddick is another interesting one because he had this great season, but he did it for one year at edge rusher. So is a team willing to pay him you know, top-tier edge rusher money, which is very expensive because it's a premium position after only one year of showing he can do it? So to me, I thought Hassan Reddick played great. I think he does a nice job where he can – drop into coverage. He can really chase those mobile quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. I like that he's able to chase those guys down, which I think is becoming more and more key for your edge rushers in the modern-day NFL. So I think Hassan Reddick is a very important piece. The question is, do te- are teams willing ready to pay him because he's only he only has that short track record, and maybe that gives teams pause, or maybe not. Like you said, Paul, he's 26. He's a double-digit sack guy. Hey, we're going to invest in somebody like that with such high upside. I really think fit is going to determine where these free agent guys are going to go. The vast majority of free agents. State tax needs to be considered on this one. The city in which they play, right? The weather, the fan base, the school system, the, the coach and the fit of his offense or defense. Uh, I think fit is going to be absolutely huge in a lot of these one-year deals that are going to be signed. And Wolf, you know Michael Bidwell. That is part of his pitch. He, he, he cites everything you just threw out there, including Arizona state tax structure, yes. which is much more enticing and favorable <laughs> than most states around the country, say Florida or Nevada, something like that. So, yes, that is most definitely part of the recruiting pitch. Uh, we'll continue with the Big Red Rage. Kyle Odegaard will get into Larry, his future, and more. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Snap to Murray. 
And he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Kyler Murray into double figures with rushing touchdowns on the season. The Cardinals have the lead. Some more Murray magic at State Farm Stadium. He's got a fire in his belly. You've, we've all seen it. A competitive spirit where he wants to win, and he wants to win now. And I love that. That's what I want, and that's what I expect, and that's what he expects. Team owner Michael Bidwell this morning with Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports talking about Kyler Murray going into year three. Can he take that big step like, oh, I don't know, Josh Allen did with the Buffalo Bills this year. Baker Mayfield did with the Cleveland Browns, both leading their teams into the postseason. We know two words we all love to hear when it comes to your quarterback, Pro Bowl. Maybe the only two words better when it comes to your starting quarterback, rookie contract. And so... (laughs) That's the situation right now with Kyla Murray. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, Cardinals insider, Kyle Odegaard. And, you know, Kyle, why don't you answer that question that was put by Doug and Wolf this morning to Michael Bidwell. What is the next step in your mind for Kyla Murray in year three? Yeah, I think that he's going to show a natural progression. Quarterbacks usually do from their first season to their second to their third, and my big question is, can he take that truly big jump where he becomes an elite quarterback? Because I think he was close in 2020, and there were certainly games where he looked like a superstar, but it, it ebbed and flowed. And he wasn't super consistent all the all the way through the year. So I do think if he reaches it, to me, it's the passing game where they get that intermediate efficiency going. I think he's got the deep ball. I think he's a really accurate guy with good arm strength, but reading the field and just knowing exactly where to go with the football in rhythm to me is the most important thing. I think if he gets there, like watch out for him because we know what he can do with his legs. We know all the talent. If it all comes together, yeah, we're talking about the salary cap and bringing in free agents and all that, but if you have a superstar quarterback, your team is going to be a winner. I mean, you need the supporting cast, but those guys are so valuable that if he gets there, the Cardinals are going to be really good next season. Kyle, hopefully, and this is something that I hope, of course, he doesn't have to run the ball for him to be successful. And when I say that, I'm talking about you don't have to have called runs for the Arizona Cardinals offense to be successful. Called Kyler Murray runs, so to speak, here. What's your take on that? I mean, I get it, but I feel like for this offense to really go at full tilt, I think that has to be a part of it. And I feel like when the Cardinals were at their best the last two seasons, that threat was there. And and sometimes it was 80 yards and two touchdowns. Other games, maybe it was only 35, but teams had to watch for it. So I do feel like they're built like the Ravens where Kyler Murray can run it. Uh, Chase Edmonds or whoever else is going to be in the backfield can run it and then they can throw. But I think his mobility is so special that to me, I, I like seeing it and I get what you're saying because you don't want him to take hits and you don't want him to wear down. You want to have a nice long career but I feel like he's so dynamic on the ground that I would still make it a big part of the offense. You know, it's interesting, Kyle, because so much of the time as well, when you run that zone read or you run an RPO, the defense suddenly can dictate to the offense what you're going to do. You can, hey, listen, if you want Kyler Murray, just by way of example, if you want Kyler Murray running the ball because you want to take shots at him, 
You know how to make that happen on those zone reads. Just go ahead and collapse the end man on the line of scrimmage. He's going to run the ball. You're going to have an opportunity to make a tackle on Kyler Murray. So to me, I don't like the fact that we're typically, historically, traditionally, you've got the offense dictating to the defense what's going to happen because you have the initiative. When you start running a lot of RPOs and zone reads, now all of a sudden the defense can dictate to the offense what it is that you're going to do with the football. And that, to me, I think is something that may have made them a little bit more predictable at the end of the season. I That's just no. my thought on that. Hey, that's a great point. And I think it plays into what we heard a lot of the last month and a half of the season, and that was adjust to the adjustment. The Cardinals offense needs to adapt to what defenses were doing. Sam Acho cited it a couple weeks ago. Remember Wolf right here on this show? And he said what Seattle started doing and what the Belichick disciples and Bill Belichick himself did against Kyla Murray was problematic. And in his opinion, watching a lot of the Cardinals games this year, former edge guy Sam Acho said that he believes the big step, next step for Kyla Murray is to grow in reading defenses. And And he's got to run the ball. There's no doubt about it, guys. He does have to run the ball because he's just too good at it. He is. He's just too good to take that away. I'm not saying take that away. I I just think they've got to come up with different ways to make their offense a little bit less predictable. Or as Rob Fredrickson said last week, Kyle, and we've talked about this, maybe Kyla Murray under center a little bit more. Some of the bootlegs, the play action, it opens up the downhill running game with a Kenyon Drake or whomever. You know, maybe it's just an adjustment like that to this offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And Wolf, that's a great point. I think that the zone read certainly lost its luster about halfway through the season, and they do have to figure out a way to either get that going again or to adjust and, and mm-hmm. use other things. I think the the Ravens' run game is very varied, and they do a lot of different things. Some of it's zone yes. read, but there's plenty of other things that they don't use the zone read. So I think you do want to have a bread and butter, but to be able to right. adjust if teams are playing you a certain way, like like Paul said, once Bill Belichick and his disciples did it a certain way, the Cardinals' run game wasn't as effective. So I, I, they should have a good running game. When you have Kyler Murray with the ball and taking away a defender every single time just because of the way it counts in the box, you should be able to run the ball naturally with your running back. So I think they need to get that going again and then hope that the passing game also takes another step. Well, this morning, Wolf, on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports, you asked the owner, Michael Bidwell, what he wants to see from Kyler in 2021. I want to see the next uh, jump. I think we all want to see the next jump. He made a big step forward uh, between his rookie year and his second year. You know, we were, really want to see that that next level. And uh, hopefully that's going to come in the offseason if we're able to get together and really see that uh, the development uh, and the connection with his receiver group and doing some of the work that they, they hopefully will be doing on the field at the training facility with a more normalized OTA and offseason later in the spring when the, when the vaccinations are out more broadly. How much of his improvement, guys, do you think is dependent on the players around him? Finding that reliable, dynamic number two receiver fortifying the offensive line. We know, Kyle, he already tweeted in favor of going with offensive line in the first round in the draft, so <laughs> maybe a little glimpse into what Kyler's thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think from a personnel standpoint, it can be upgraded, and I I think it will be upgraded. I feel like year three of Kyler Murray, 
like you said earlier, Paul, he's on his rookie contract. You want to take advantage of it right now. And you already went and got DeAndre Hopkins, but there wasn't that consistent number two wide receiver last season. And I think that was a, a, a big miss where they didn't have that guy to go to. I thought it might be Christian Kirk, but it didn't quite happen, especially down the stretch. So do you feel like that's on your roster or do you need to find somebody? And I would not be surprised if they added a number two wide receiver somehow, some way this offseason. I do think that's important. I think you want to surround him with as much talent as you possibly can these next two seasons and see if he can reach that level like a Josh Allen did where you go from a good quarterback to one in the Kyle, are you there? <laughs> did we lose you, Kyle? <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Okay, we got you. Kyle, what can you tell us in regard to Sean Jefferson? I'm very, very interested. I know you're very, very close to the team here. What are you hearing about Sean Jefferson, the new wide receiver coach for the Cardinals? Yeah, it was fun talking to him um, a couple days ago, and I think he's important because you've got young guys like Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson and if he can do a good job of bringing those guys along, I think that could mean something for this group where DeAndre Hopkins is your star, but I think you need those other guys to step up, and, and we'll see what he can do and how much he's able to be around them this offseason, but if he can help those guys out, give them some little tricks of the trade, maybe they can get that passing game to the next level. You know, Wolf, me and you, um, over what, the last two decades, uh, we agree on very little. I mean, me and you, we don't see eye (laughs) to eye on much, sports or beyond. You know, Kyle Odegaard is a close second. I mean, this guy on Cardinals (laughs) Underground podcast, we agree on nothing. And and then you got Darren Urban blowing some of my points out of the water with his fact-checking. It's just, it's brutal. It's a brutal kind of slug every single week on the podcast. And, And we disagreed on Sean Jefferson the following. What's most important? Why was he hired? And Kyle went with Andy Isabella. Okay, but you know what? I I think it's just as every bit as much as Christian Kirk because he's going into a contract year, and you got to figure out, is he a number two receiver or not? And if he isn't a number two receiver, you're not going to pay him to be a number three receiver. Yeah, that's a great point. It really is. But honestly, does it always have to be an either-or, guys? (laughs) Does it have to be an either-or? Can it not be both? Uh, for me, you know, for me, I, I I think you could build a case. There's no doubt about it. Christian Kirk and his disappearance in the second half of the season—that is a mystery. I, Kyle, what are your thoughts on that right there? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly why it went from so good for that stretch of games and then you know re- really fell off pretty badly. And I'm not sure exactly why. I think the passing game wasn't great overall down the stretch, but. I'm wondering if if Christian Kirk at his height and not being that super elite speed guy, if he does make more sense in the slot, if you can get him in there. And obviously that depends on Larry Fitzgerald and what he decides to do. But I'm intrigued if if they can put Christian Kirk in the slot, what he can do, because I think his skill set might fit better there. He did it in college, and we'll see what happens in 2021, if it's even an opportunity. But if he gets into the slot, I think Christian Kirk might be able to blossom. Mm. All right, well, I mean, Kyle didn't give us a hot take like Dan Orlowski today on ESPN. Did you guys hear Dan Orlowski uh, earlier today on, on the Carson Wentz trade to Indy? He said that now that he's reunited with Frank Reich and he's on the Colts, he's firmly back in the MVP consideration oh, and will be, wow. will be a factor in the MVP wow. race, to which everybody pretty much lost their mind both in studio and on the Internet. 
So, uh, you know, Kyle, uh, get ready. I'm going to have a hot take for you on Cardinals Underground <laughs> next week because I know you're dying yes, to blow sir. anything and everything I say out of the water. Yeah, I'm going to have to pump up my game next time and come up with the fire. That's right. <laughs> Kyle, thank you. Thanks for the insight and the numbers in particular because, once again, our hashtag around here is no math. Thanks, Kyle. Love your stuff, Kyle. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Uh, you know, if, if you ever want to talk numbers and next-gen stats, just yeah. hit up Kyle on Twitter. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Trips left, single receiver, right, second and goal on the 15th. Snap to Murray, play-action pass. Murray in trouble in the pocket, rolls to the left, now throws left side of the end zone, and oh my goodness, Larry Fitzgerald caught it for a touchdown. His first touchdown of the year, and it's vintage Fitz. Falling backwards with a defender screening him. He probably can't even see the ball until it hits him in his hands. And the Cardinals get a touch. Larry Fitzgerald. Don't know how many more times we're going to get to watch him here at State Farm Stadium. Take every one of those in. That is the question. Yet again, another offseason where that is the question. Larry, to be or not to be an Arizona Cardinal this next season, uh, as that answer hangs in the balance, it is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Special thanks to Kyle Odegaard. Wolf is a guy who's been tackled at least twice by Larry Fitzgerald. You know, what can you tell us? Come on now. What Paul, kind of gut I, I feel? Know, please you, you've been wrong it. every offseason you are, pretty much, I, but I still ask you the question, even though you've been wrong every offseason on right, Larry. Right, you yeah. Listen, honestly, you know, I, you know a lot more about this than I do. No. You're laughing as you ask me that question because you know nobody talks to me whatsoever <laughs> nobody tells me anything my gut tells me the longer it goes the better the odds he comes back i agree with that you do i do agree with that i think remember what antoine Bethe told us here recently on the big red rage when you're trying to figure out if you're going to play an 18th season and this is Bethe now someone who played 14 seasons it's not september through january because on a week-to-week basis, you can get up for games and the adrenaline, and the work's already in. The season started. It's February through August. Yeah. It's 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 the mental grind of, okay, i got to stay in shape. i got to get in even better shape because I'm even older. It's the OTAs. It's going to be all these Zoom meetings. It's going to be training camp. I mean, Wolf, you played a decade in the NFL. Can you relate to that? Yeah, no, I can relate to that, Paulie. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like the longer it goes, and the reason why I feel this way, Paulie, the longer it goes, the better the odds. It tells me he might be conflicted. I, I think we all looked at Larry Fitzgerald last year and saw him play in his 17th season, saw the injuries that he dealt with, right? He had the, the COVID situation as well. We saw what happened to Larry, the the... Uh, dip in productivity, uh, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. But it tells me that he's conflicted about walking away under those auspices. And I know what that feels like, Paul, because I did that in year nine. I sat out after nine years in the NFL. I sat out with a bad back. Now, listen, Paulie, I'm not comparing myself to the legend. All right. That is Larry Fitzgerald. I'm not. But I know what it's like. I wanted to say goodbye to the game on my terms, not sitting out with a bad back. So I came back for that 10th year in 1995. I wanted to come back and be able to say I'm wondering if Larry feels the same way, knowing how disjointed last season was for him, if he doesn't want to go out that 
way. Okay, so once again, to confirm, you have not spoken with Larry Fitzgerald. I have not, Paul. Okay, let's let's hear from someone who has, because <laughs> owner Michael Bidwell this morning with you and Doug on Newsmakers Week on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports had this update on Fitz. Let's just be patient. There are a lot of things that Larry's thinking about, and uh, I did get a chance to speak with him on the way back from the Super Bowl. We rode back to Phoenix together and had a long discussion. Didn't ask him a single question about this. <laughs> and and it's because, you know, you just want to let him take his time, be patient, and uh, I hope we're able to see him in, in our uniform coming back this year. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting year, We certainly in this off season. Good the weight this is me surmising now could Mm -hmm. the weight be related to a business decision could there be a business component in this perhaps larry's been waiting for the news we got today what's the sour cap for Mm. what could it be what will i earn as a guy who's earned his jersey number in millions each of the last several years 11 million per yeah um what sort of haircut is larry gonna have to take financially maybe he needs or wants an answer to that question yeah Polly, that is that's a good question to answer or have answered but i can just say once again i think overall it's got a lot to do with his productivity and you know larry he's big on the productivity and wanting to go out there and as long as he's productive why wouldn't larry go out there if he's healthy and he's feeling good last year it was not that case it's one of the reasons why i think the longer it goes on paulie he's conflicted i think he's conflicted because maybe he does want to come back and play and we're gonna all find out we're gonna have a front row seat but Man, I hope he does. I hope he comes back and gets that 18th season in. And you know what? Gets that 10-minute standing ovation from the Red Sea. Yes. I mean, you just there's something about Larry going out without fans being able to salute him in person at State Farm Stadium. That just doesn't feel right, does it? No, it doesn't. But you, you know, Paulie, it's not going to matter to him. He doesn't look for those moments the way we do. It's true. We're the ones who probably want the standing ovation for Larry, right? Right. Right. Not not him. He's going to tweet it out on a Friday or something like that, and and, uh, he'll try and make it as as least He's going to make the announcement and then walk on the Great Wall of China the next day. I do have a theory on Larry uh, that I haven't shared yet. We'll get to that next and wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. You know, there's going to be a seismic shift here. You know, we've already started to see it with veterans that are going to be cut around the league. And so when you think about what's going to happen going forward, we're going to be able to improve this team. There are going to be other teams that are going to be moving around uh, because they're going to lose talent. And I'm I'm very bullish on 2021 for both Cliff and for Steve. Now that's intriguing, isn't it? Yes. That actually plays in what we mentioned earlier, and that's team owner Michael Bidwell on with Doug and Wolf this morning at 98.7 FM Arizona Sports as we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. That that does tie into what Chase Edmonds had tweeted about earlier this week where he said there's going to be a lot of really good players taking one-year rentals. Free agency is going to be wild, according to Chase Edmonds via Twitter. And Wolf, this is my theory on Larry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have a bigger and better Rolodex contact list 
in his phone than Larry Fitzgerald in an NFL locker room right now. Well, would you say Warren Buffett is a big name out there, Paul? <laughs> Remember on the Big Red Rage right here on this show two years ago, he was talking about how he gets text messages from Tiger Woods and Barack yes, Obama? Right. I mean, you know, Let's give me the name dropper. Right. And so, hey, if that is the case, Larry needs to come back and pull a, a LeBron and just start recruiting guys from right. around the league. I love and it, you know Paul. what? Come here on a one-year rental. You can enjoy the weather and the natural grass of State Farm Stadium. You can even come over to my place in PV and hang out. You know, <laughs> I mean, just that would be a great scenario in game plan, would it not? No, you're you're right on it, Bully. Honestly, you need that superstar effect, that impact to, to recruit in today's free agency. <laughs> I, I would love Corey Lindsley, honestly, right now. If the Arizona Cardinals targeted the center from the Green Bay Packers, mm. a guy that's played seven years in the league. He's 29 years old. He still has a lot of value going forward right now. I don't know exactly what the market is going to be for him, but Corey Lindsley, to me, is a guy that I would love that if the Arizona Cardinals targeted him. Yeah, especially experience is so vital at that position as the quarterback of the O-line, right? Oh, just yes. solidify everything. Because well, you answered basically my question. I was going to say, you know, mock drafts have the Cardinals taken anything from yeah, I mean, corner to wide receiver, O-line, edge, running back. But in terms of position of need in free agency, you're thinking center, any other position that stands yeah, well, out? Well, I would say interior offensive line, uh, certainly corner, depending on what happens with Pat P. I would say even safety help, maybe the secondary. I, I Listen, I, I, I think the Cardinals are going to go in. They have an awful lot of needs, and they're going to take the best player available at those needs at number 16. As we started with the Mars rover and the saying on the wall in Mission Control today, dare mighty things. That's the motto going into the offseason. Special thanks, Jim Omohundra, Cody Fincher, Kyle Odegaard, Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club